Well, I recently watched an episode, I should say a scene, from the popular new series, The Chosen. It is, uh, for some of you who may be unfamiliar, it is a uh, presentation of the Gospels uh, with the actors, of course, playing Jesus and the disciples, and and uh, it's, it turned out to be very popular in many circles, and um uh, if you're not familiar with it, you probably will be. Uh, the new season starts in November, I think November 18th. Uh, you can go to the theater, and I understand perhaps you'll end up being able to watch it in your home. Um, so what are we to make of this? The Chosen. I watched recently a scene from John chapter 4, uh, The Woman at the Well. And uh, I think the scene says a lot, and we and we have to ask the questions: Is this something we want to be involved in? Is is this presentation of Jesus, the chosen, quote unquote, is this something that that uh, the Christian community should embrace and and employ and try to use to create some kind of an opportunity for even for evangelism? Is this a series that you should gather your children and grow grandchildren around and uh, light a fire and watch on the TV and, and, and let them be exposed to this presentation of Jesus? Um, let me just tell you, the scene that I watched uh, with, with the woman at the well is very well, it's very well done. I mean, it's, it's well presented uh, for what, as far as it goes. The, the woman playing the uh, Samaritan woman uh, did a good job. She presented herself as a broken and shame-based woman coming to draw well, water in the middle of the day. And, and as she... Uh, as she lowers her vessel into the well, uh, the, the character playing Jesus uh, asks her, will you give me a drink? And she responds, of course, with a paraphrase of the text, uh, saying, what's going on with that? The fact that you're a, you're a Jew, you're asking me, a, a Samaritan and a woman, to give you a drink of water. And the person, the actor playing Jesus, kind of lowers his head a little bit and looks up and and says, I'm sorry. I, I should have said please. Now let me ask you, have you ever read John chapter 4 and ever even imagined Jesus telling the woman at the well after he asked for a drink, I'm sorry. I should have said, please. Now, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just being a grumpy old man here. I don't want to be just the per, proverbial um, um, raining on people's parade kind of guy. I don't want to be just a proverbial contrarian is what I'm trying to say. I don't want to oppose things for the sake of opposing them. Oh, you can count on Rick to say something bad about this. No, no, I, I, I don't think I 
am that way. I don't think my friends and family and 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 my fellow Christians and my fellowship they I don't think they see me that way. I don't think they experience me that way. So I'm not coming from just a grumpy old contrarian's perspective here. But what I hope you will hear in this episode and what I hope you share with me is a godly jealousy for the person and the work of Jesus Christ as he's revealed in Scripture and illuminated and applied to our hearts and minds by the ministry of the Spirit. So one question we have to ask ourselves here, as this, I think it's the third season, I mean, the third season, they wouldn't be doing a third season if the first two seasons hadn't received some kind of acclamation. I heard a woman say, oh, I just love the person who plays Jesus. I just love the character of Jesus in The Chosen. I don't know what she means by that. I wonder if she does. I mean, my heart went out to her. I'm sorry, I should have said please, he said to her. And the exchange between he and the woman at the well is, is more of a therapeutic conversation than it is anything prophetic. She, as you know, in the text, she acknowledges Jesus to be a prophet at one point. But he's coming to her as much more than a prophet, which he is. He's coming to her as the Messiah. He's coming to her as God incarnate. He's coming to her as the son of the living God who's been divinely appointed by the Father to meet with her at that hour, at that moment, as one of his sheep and to reveal himself to her in a saving manner so that she receives living water. There's nothing in the biblical exchange that would have led us to think that Jesus was sheepishly saying, oh, I'm sorry, I, I should have said please. So, what I'm inviting you to do is be discerning, folks. Be discerning. And love and be jealous for the person and the work of Jesus Christ as he's revealed in Scripture and illuminated to us, made real to us by the Spirit of God. Let me remind you that the devil never ceases. He hasn't stopped in 2,000 years, and he never changes his agenda. If, if the devil is nothing else, he's consistent. And he has never stopped ceasing to present an alternative Jesus. That's his gig. It's less of, for, for Satan, it is less about destroying Jesus directly as it is 
by destroying him by presenting an alternative Jesus. Remember, 2 Corinthians 11 tells us that um, not only are those there are those who will come and do come presenting a different Jesus than the apostles preached, and people will then receive a different spirit and then ultimately another gospel, and that people will put up with that. And that's exactly what's happening with this new series, The Chosen. There's a, another Jesus being preached. And the drama and the art of it, I mean, it's, it's being justified so many ways. I mean, there was, there was a lot of Mormon influence with this. And so the guy had to explain that all the way. Well, this, this is not about theology. He said, this is about art. This is about drama. Well, go do your drama and your art someplace else. Don't mess with the integrity of the gospel as revealed within scriptures. I mean, a person just has to walk through the Vatican and you're going to see all kinds of art and crucifix and uh, statuary and needless um, ancillary stained glass and all the other things that come with it. But we, we have to be prepared to be discerning. This is never in my lifetime has it been more important to be discerning than it is today. So this is a this is really pretty blatant, shameless attempt. Now, are the producers of this series evil and they've got some uh, fire-breathing agenda. I, I don't know. I don't know who the guy... I never met the guy. I don't know. Uh, but remind, let me remind you of this fact. Throughout church history, heresy has always been well-intended. Heresy is always... And heretics have always been well-intended. They've always tried to rescue the gospel from what they saw as some apathy or some lax behavior or some... They, they, they tried to make the gospel relevant. Heresy has always come along and tried to save the gospel. Recapture the gospel and, because, and make it into something it isn't so that it's more palatable. I mean, we've just spent a couple of decades uh, in the seeker-sensitive movement trying to convince a world that always has hated Jesus, hated him when he was walking the planet, hated his apostles, has hated him throughout history, and hates him today. And we just can't accept that. Because they might hate us too then. And who wants that? Who wants to be so identified with a hated, crucified Christ, that we um, attract hatred ourselves. But isn't that exactly what Jesus said? If they hated me, they'll hate you too. Paul even told Timothy, if anyone desires to live godly in Christ Jesus, they'll suffer persecution. 
So to a world that hates Jesus, we've somehow taken it upon ourselves to try to uh, create a Jesus. We've worked overtime to create a Jesus that the world will instead like. When I was in Bible college, the Jesus film was the big deal. These things, I'm telling you, The Chosen is just the latest, greatest attempt. Back then in the 90s, it was the Jesus film. And in the 70s, it was Jesus Christ Superstar. So, and Hollywood has always had Jesus movies. Some of them were better than others. But I don't know that we get an accurate presentation of Jesus through Hollywood or through the filming or art or man-made art, statuary, and so on. But I remember in Bible college, there was a the Jesus film. And it was being promoted at the school, and we were being encouraged to use it and to take into our churches and um, use it as an evangelistic tool. And so we watched the promotional aspect of it. And, uh, and in the promotion of the film, in the trailer, we were told that they worked hard in developing this film to present a, quote, friendly and attractive Jesus, end quote. A friendly and attractive Jesus. Now let me ask you, was that God's central concern when he sent his son into the world? That he be a friendly, attractive Messiah? There's nothing in scripture that supports that. But that's how we market Jesus. And so I'm asking you today to be discerning. I'm asking you to have some jealousy, godly jealousy, for the beauty and the glory and the wonder of the Son of God as he's revealed in the text alone. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul is dealing with um, apostles, not only false apostles, who are coming in and presenting themselves as the, a more attractive alternative to uh, Paul. And he's also dealing with a division that's growing between uh, people within the Corinthian church who want to line up as and get partisan. One, one wants to be behind Paul, one wants to be behind Apollos, <clears throat> another one wants to be behind Cephas. And, in other words, people are getting more loyal to their party line or to their personality, to their celebrity, than they are to what they perceive to be celebrity, than they are to Christ himself. So Paul tells him in 1 Corinthians 4, quote, This then is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ, as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed in Christ. Verse 2, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. <clears throat> I carry very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. 
My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. So if you're looking to do filming and present uh, things like this film, The Chosen, in order to get praise for your great art, then you're not looking for praise from God. The producers and the makers of this film are not looking for praise from God. They're looking for praise from men. And Paul's very clear here that he, as, as a servant of Christ, has been entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. And uh, I don't know that he would be using the, the film The Chosen to present the gospel today. Would he? Because he says later in verse 6, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Mark that down in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 4, 6. Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not be puffed up being a follower of one of us over against the other. What we what we have in the apostles, including Apollos and others, is is we have men who are faithfully um, carrying out the stewardship of the mystery of God in Christ that were revealed to them. And they and we just simply don't need anything more. This, uh, the, the gospel, as is presented in the New Testament and throughout Scripture even, is sufficient. And what I want to spare you from is going down some alley, some blind alley, following this new series, The Chosen, as if it's somehow a supplement to an insufficient presentation of the gospel in the Bible because that's really what they're saying oh the Bible's fine yeah but 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 this just really drives it home this really makes Jesus real to you oh really which Jesus is it the apostolic Jesus or some other Jesus being promoted by some different spirit and ultimately, ultimately, some different gospel. And the astonishing thing is that people, professing Christians, put up with it. That's what's astonishing. I was going, I have a Twitter account. Sometimes I don't know why. But anyway, I was on my Twitter account recently, and an ad came up. And it was this actor who plays Jesus in The Chosen sitting at a piano, playing the piano. So this ad had 
quote, Jesus, end quote, playing the piano. And he looks up at the camera as if we're interrupting, and he stands up and walks up to the camera, and, and he begins to promote a new app you can put on your phone that's sponsored by the Roman Catholic Church called uh, Hallowed. I think it is Hello. And it's a meditation app to help enhance your spirituality. And so so they get they get the popularity of this guy who plays Jesus in this film, and now they're using him to promote religious products as well. Are you even beginning to remotely hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I hope so, my brothers and sisters. Again, I don't want to be just simply a grumpy guy here. I don't. I don't want to be just mean. I don't want to be someone who just rains on people's parade because there are people who are just excited and ecstatic about the new series of the Chosen coming out. But I would submit to you that they are immature, they are uninformed, and they are deceived. But most of all. They are being robbed of the, the joy and the wonder and the beauty of the true Christ as he's revealed within the text of Scripture and revealed to us, illuminated to us by the ministry of the Spirit. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. You can have film after movie after art and statuaries and pictures of Jesus and you can have all the evangelistic things you think you're doing with this kind of a film. And folks, it does no good. Now, let me just say, if your church or your elders, God forbid, are interested in showing episodes of The Chosen in your church in order to attract your neighborhood community and, and get conversions, create conversions. They're interested in using it as an evangelistic tool. You may get conversions, quote, end quote. You may get people who are moved because this is a very well-orchestrated theatrical presentation. And so it, it's designed to evoke emotion. I felt emotion watching it. I mean, after all, the, the, the woman at the well was, you know, she was shame-based, she was broken, you could see she was hurt, she was wounded, she was, and, and, and the character playing Jesus was the proverbial therapist who was helping her work through her guilt and her shame and her failures. I, it was, on a human scale, it was a very moving moment, but it was not the gospel, And so if you show this in your church, you may get conversions to what they think is Jesus and isn't. And then we'll just continue this whole saga of the seeker-sensitive folly of converting people to a friendly and attractive Jesus who are not even genuinely converted at all. And whatever empty chairs or pews we have in our church will fill up with, again, another generation of unregenerate people thinking that they're Christians when they're not. And their lives will look like it. 
in the hypocrisy and the moral decline and the decadence and everything that comes out of it will continue and the cause and the image of Christ in the community will suffer. And that's what gets me worked up. I'm a pastoral counselor. I see in my office with my clients the damage, the destruction that bad theology wreaks on people's lives. And there's no worse theology than that which perverts the image and presentation of Jesus Christ in the Gospels and in the apostolic writings. No worse theology than that which diminishes, minimizes, or perverts the person and work of Jesus Christ. So this may seem, this, this new series, this new season, uh, The Chosen, may seem like it's really a wonderful thing, and a lot of naive, uninformed Christians will uh, get really excited and try to bring their unbelieving friends to the theater and, and get them to watch it and hope that they'll become Christians as a result. But don't count on the fact that they will actually have become Christians. If they show an interest... And if they are being moved by the Spirit, they'll ultimately have to hear the gospel from the Scripture. They'll actually actually hear the gospel if it's a, if they're ever to be genuinely converted. Well, so I'm calling you to discernment. I'm calling you to be um, uh, jealous for the revelation of Christ in Scripture. And I'm encouraging you to equip yourself to respond to this latest, greatest assault against the revelation of Jesus Christ as presented in Scripture through the ministry of the Spirit. I've been a Christian for 45 years, and Jesus is so precious to my heart and mind. He came to me when, not because I was looking for him. He came to me when I was at my worst. And through the preaching of the gospel, as it's revealed in scripture, he drew me to himself. And I will obviously be eternally grateful. I love him. I adore him. And I'm very jealous when somebody tries to rob me or anyone by presenting an alternative Jesus. Don't put up with it. Say no to it. Stay away from it. And then equip yourself to gently, kindly, lovingly, but firmly help others understand what this thing is. Don't fall for a Jesus who has to say, I'm sorry. And please, <laughs> those may be good manners to teach children, but there's nothing in the text that quotes Jesus that way. Well, enough of that. I hope you hear me. I hope you hear my heart. And I hope you protect yourself and beware of the chosen. Amen.